This episode of Experiences You Should Have is brought to you by Soul Blends, handcrafted in Oregon from botanicals to bottle, multiple healing balms, salves, and moisturizing products to bring life to your skin. Check out Soul Blends and use the code EYSH to receive 10% off your order. You see the the wooden sign up at the top of the mountain and walking up and just touching it. It was like all of this effort has finally paid off and I finally made it here and, and accomplished what I came here for. Welcome to Experiences That You Should Have, your how-to guide for amazing experiences. I'm your host, Gail Manasco, and today I have a treat for you. I have Brie Burgett with me, and she is known as The Brie Adventure. Definitely check her out on Instagram, The Brie Adventure, B-R-I-E Adventure, um, as well as her Facebook and her site, thebrieadventure.com. Brie my gosh, I I am just enthralled by Brie. She is a globetrotter, adventure seeker. She has her own adventure and travel site and Instagram page. She's also a U.S. Marine and and a skydiver. Uh, she has her A license in skydiving. And for those of you listeners who are thinking about skydiving, we've got some great skydiving episodes on this podcast. Now, Brie, she thrives on chasing the best adventures, breaking the mold, and encouraging others to chase their crazy dreams too. So we are very much aligned here. And Brie is going after it. Uh, She has um, climbed to the top of the the tallest mountain in Russia. She's got Denali on her list, um, as well as even the tallest mountain in South America. She's currently training to do that. But Brie is here to talk about climbing and hiking to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. Now, this is not just a a day hike. She spent six days to to do this adventure and climb Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania, Africa. And this is Africa's tallest mountain at over 19,000 feet. I mean, this is what an adventure, my gosh. Um, So if you have this on your bucket list, continue to listen on and also check out the show notes on experiences you should have podcast. Well, let's get climbing. Well, hi, Brie. Welcome to Experiences That You Should Have. So today we are talking about hiking or climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, the highest mountain in Africa. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Wow. Welcome to the show. This is, I I love hearing about hikes and climbs. And we've got some great hiking episodes like through hikes, but we also have a uh, 
climbing Mount Rainier um, episode on experiences you should have. But this one, I've I've heard about bits and pieces throughout my life, but I've never done it. I know some people have done it. And here you are who have hiked Mount Kilimanjaro. So when when did you do this experience? So I did Kilimanjaro back in December of 2018. Um, I was able to tag it on with was working down in Africa and I was able to to add it on a trip that it worked in one of the time frames that's a little bit better to climb Kilimanjaro and it had always kind of been a goal of mine. So I, I was able to, to tie it in then. Great. So so let's just let's go let's go back to to that time frame. You know, just just take take me there. Who who were you with? Uh what month was it? Um, how did you feel starting this hike? So I did this as a solo trip that this was something again, that's been a bucket list item of mine. And I was getting ready to jump across the border and go to Uganda. So we did a lot of research of when was the best time of year to climb different tour companies and everything. And I, I read online that, you know, December to March and then June to October were the two best time frames to, to aim for for climbing the mountain, just because it's after the rainy season. And so the, the rainy season ends the end of November, beginning of December. So I, I aimed for that as my target date, just because then it would be less people climbing the mountain. Um, and again, yeah, I just did this as a, a solo trip and was planning on going and joining a group down there in, in Tanzania. Wow. Wow. I, I love that. Here you are, a solo female traveler, and you are going to do this magnificent climb without, without knowing who you're going with. That is extremely adventurous. And I, I absolutely love that style of travel. So how long did it take you to climb Mount Kilimanjaro? So I signed up for, I think it was a six day total tour, but they do give a day of leeway just in case you have some issues with acclimatizing up at the top of the mountain. Uh, but we did the total climb. We started in late afternoon on the first day, and then we finished really early on the fifth day. So it was less than four days total of, of climbing the mountain. Um, it, and yeah, it was surprisingly, it was it was a little bit shorter of a time frame from from what I expected. So I think when you look online and you see, you know, it's a six day or it's a ten day climb. It seems like it's going to fill all of those days, but they, the guides definitely slow you down. They keep you at a nice pace to make sure that you're acclimatizing properly and you're able to continue progressing up the mountain. Wow. So this is a 19,000 foot mountain. This is, this is massive. This is absolutely (laughs) massive. And do you know what elevation you are when you start the, the climb? Well, I'm not sure in that one. Yeah. Um, no, it's just over 19,300 um, for the, the actual summit, but yeah. I'm not sure how high we started, but you definitely go through the different 
tropics like climbing up the mountain that you start at kind of the the very hot and rainforest and then you move up and it's more of a tundra as you climb up the mountain and then when you summit you're in full winter gear it's snowing the wind is blowing so it's definitely a massive change but I'm not sure exactly the height that you you start at on the mountain yeah Yeah. wow I mean what what a change of being in that tundra to to snow uh, absolutely <laughs> what what is your favorite moment of of that hike so my favorite moment was absolutely on summit morning that you know you you spend all these days climbing and you wake up the the morning of probably around midnight and got out of my tent and the the wind was just hurling around the tent. It's pitch black. The snow is just blowing into your eyes. And so we layer up, they have us flip our water bottles upside down because the water freezes from the bottom or from the top down. And so they're like, all right, you can't have your, your, your lid free shut. Um, we start hiking, we go all the way up just hours of just step-by-step step getting up this mountain. Um, and then we, we make it to the very top and we actually ended up passing every group except for one all the way up the mountain and we get up to the top and we make it there just as the sun is like starting to crest over the horizon. And it was one of my favorite moments of seeing the bright red come across the sky and just fill the entire landscape and you can see everything that you've been hiking up for days and days because I think it's kind of obscured until you get up to that final peak and it was absolutely the highlight of the trip and one of my favorite moments so far. Wow that just sounds like an, an incredible experience you should have. I mean there's there's the the seven peaks the, the tallest mountain on each continent and this is africa's tallest mountain that you're that you just summited what was going in your head at that moment i was so so cold when we were climbing up that last little bit but i was like we are almost almost to the top um and it was definitely just waiting um yeah to to touch the the wooden mountain because i i think you see you see the the wooden sign up at the top of the mountain and walking up and just touching it was like all this effort has finally paid off and i finally made it here and and accomplished what i came here for so it was definitely a feeling of accomplishment and looking around and i've climbed different mountains before thought i was going to catch the sunrise at the top of it and it's been cloudy or something else has gone on. So it was really cool to have the experience of actually seeing the sunrise. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. What other mountains have you climbed? So I did Mount Fuji. And I think that was one of the ones that it was a complete storm the morning that I summited. And it was winds howling, clouds everywhere, couldn't see anything. It was like, I'm just going to finish this, like climb up, touch the top, head right back down. Um, I've done, I, I did Mount Albers. So that's one of, that's the, another one of the seven summits and that's in Russia, but I did that one after Kilimanjaro. So I think Kilimanjaro sparked the fire and the interest of starting to climb these mountains. 
Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Well, let's uh, talk about some logistics. So where is Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania and how would you get there? So it's located on the border of Kenya and Tanzania, and there's actually seven different routes, which is kind of nice that they have different options for climbing the mountain based on um, the the steepness, how many days you're interested. So, you know, if you want to take a little bit slower pace climbing the mountain, there's different options for that. Um, and, And that's definitely convenient. And there's Flying in though, you can so you can only climb it from the Tanzanian side. And Moshi is probably the closest one. So that's the Kilimanjaro International Airport. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like a 40-minute drive from the base camp of the mountain. So there's definitely convenient option there. Um, mm-hmm. Arusha is the, the alternative airport, but that's a further drive and it's about 90 minutes away. Um, Dar es Salaam and Nairobi are also possible, but they're a little bit, they take a little bit more coordination to get there. So I flew into the most convenient one, uh, the Kilimanjaro International Airport, and then just the the tour company that, or the, the guided company that I used to climb the mountain, they coordinated the transportation and everything else just to pick me up and bring me immediately to them. Great. Now you mentioned the different routes of the mountain. Which route did you take? So I took the the Mashane and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh-huh. My guide was always correcting me because they speak Swahili there and he was trying to teach me all these good Swahili words, but it was, it's known as the whiskey route. So I was trying to do it. It's supposed to be a little steeper, a little bit harder, but a lot of the guides said that it was their favorite route up the mountain, just because you can see very clear distinction between the different terrain as you're climbing up mm-hmm. and it's a little bit quicker. So if you're on a more compressed time schedule, it's nice that you can still progress up. And I don't think it was that difficult because again, the guides are ensuring that you're moving slowly up the mountain. So pulley pulley is one thing that the guide said to me the entire time. So I would just want to rush up this mountain. And he's like, slowly, slowly. So in Swahili, it's pulley pulley, and they, they keep you at a, a very nice controlled pace, but it's good because you trust them and, and they know how slowly you need to move up the mountain in order to acclimatize and to successfully summit. Mm-hmm. So while it's not a technical climb, what skills would you say are needed for this climb? So you're absolutely right. It's not technical. It's just a lot of endurance, I think, for continuing to step and move up the mountain when you're tired. You haven't necessarily slept super comfortably in the little tents when you're moving up. Um, But it's nothing that requires any extra skills for climbing. There's no rock climbing, no ice climbing or anything like that on this mountain. It's just continuing to to walk up the mountain. So it's a very big hike, obviously, at that altitude, but there's no additional skills that are required to do it. Now, what about permits? So for this one, they actually, Tanzania doesn't let people just acquire their own permits. They require people use their registered and licensed tour guides. And that's to help like bring money and funding back into the economy. But mm-hmm. they they require that you go through some type of a, a tour company there. Now, which tour company did you use? 
So I use Kilimanjaro on foot. Um, they were fantastic. They communicated really quickly with me. So I, I reached out to a couple of different ones because I think there's a lot of very similar choices. Again, I was trying to pick a quicker route up the mountain and the Mashame route was really appealing that I could do it in just a couple of days. So I reached out to a handful of companies and that one was one that just continued to correspond with me very quickly, answer all my questions, and they turned out to be phenomenal for the hike and everything else. Oh, that's, that's great to hear. Now, what about gear? Did the tour company provide the gear that you needed? So they actually did provide, they, they brought the food and they brought my tent because they wanted to, to set everything up. Um, I brought all of my own personal gear for the clothing I was going to wear, the sleeping bag, any of that type of thing. Um, but they did provide the, the actual tent setup and then all of the food for the entire climb. All right. Now, what did, for your personal gear, are there any specific recommendations that you'd give to our listeners? So I would definitely make sure the sleeping bag is warm enough. Um, I had one that just was kind of out of the specs that the, the tour guide company, they, they will typically provide an entire packing list and they'll say, here's everything that we require you to take. And here's the optional items going through those. Uh, my sleeping bag was a little bit out of standards and they're like, no, we recommend you definitely have the up to negative seven Celsius. And so I borrowed that from a friend and it was fantastic. And I would definitely make sure you have a sleeping bag that's warm enough because getting sleep on the mountain is so essential. Um, rain jacket, there's definitely sporadic rain showers. We had a couple that came through. So being able to be protected from the elements is important. Uh -huh. Having the, the balaclava. So I've never used one of those and it's the face mask that covers pretty much your entire face, except for your eyes. But on summit morning, that was perfect because the air was so cold that you wanted to protect as much of your face as possible, breathe it down, like pull it down, get a good deep breath in and then like cover it back up. Um, but that was definitely the, the first time I've used that piece of gear, but it was fantastic and it helped a lot. Yeah. Good, good hiking boots also. Um, oh yeah. Any, Absolutely. Any hiker, you want to have a pair that you're really comfortable in. And, and what about vaccinations? Um, I know we're in, we're in the whole year of vaccines here, but, <laughs> but did you have to have any specific vaccinations to, to hike Mount Kilimanjaro? So coming into the country, you require a visa and a yellow fever, yellow fever vaccination card. Mm -hmm. um, the visa you can purchase upon arrival, which is really convenient that I think it was like a hundred dollars and you just, you pay that when you arrive there, they take your little photo and they add it to your passport. And it's very convenient for, for just coming into the country, mm -hmm. but they do check your yellow fever card vaccination. And so it's important to make sure that you carry that with you. And it's very easy to go to, I think most clinics saying get that, but it's one of the things that's required when you arrive into country. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, what about the costs? Um, you mentioned the, the visa costs, but what about um, the cost to budget for this experience? So um, this is one of the cheaper mountains, which I think is a great way to test and see if it's something that you're interested in doing, and it's absolutely what I did, that I wasn't sure if mountain climbing was really going to be something I was interested in doing long-term. 
And this was one of the cheaper options. And I thought, what better way to experience Africa than going to the the complete heart of it and climbing the highest mountain. Um, the, the cost for Kilimanjaro is typically ranges between like $1,300 and $2,000. I think, again, depending on the trip and the length and um, if you're having different porters carry all your bags or you're carrying some of your bags, um, but it's usually in that range. Okay. Then what obviously about the look. tipping? Do, yep. do you tip? You do tip, and that was something I was a little surprised about. So outside of the, the airfare and equipment's another thing that's a, a cost, just making sure because the, the equipment list that they send can be a little extensive and things like the sleeping bag and the weatherproofing gear and everything else can be a little expensive. Um, but tips is definitely something that I wasn't quite prepared for, that there was an expectation at the end of the trip that I was supposed to be providing all of the crew money and so they they estimate that there's going to be three to four porters for you per day which is like ten dollars a day a food server a cook and and of course your guide and so that comes out to a little less than a hundred dollars per day and so then you multiply that however many days they are climbing um so that can easily be about six hundred dollars that you're talking that again i hadn't anticipated you have to pull that money ahead of time because you're expected to give it to them at the very end of the troop, uh, at the end of the trip and the climb and, and then they divvy it up. Um, but it, it's a decent amount of cash that mm-hmm. again, if you're not expecting it can kind of be a surprise when you, you get down the mountain. Yeah, I, absolutely. I I've been in that situation where they're like, Oh, I, I need some good tipping money and looking for an mm-hmm. ATM. Uh and so the the currency there is the shilling, is that right? The shilling is in Uganda. I think it's the same okay. um, in, in Tanzania. Yeah. So are you tipping? Sorry, you're talking U.S. dollars for for the tipping amount, or? Yes, that was U.S. dollars, mm-hmm. um, and, and they accept either. So I think they're so accustomed to having either U.S. or euros that they're definitely open to receiving it in any currency that you're you're going to provide it. All right, um, but yeah, my estimates were in U.S. dollars. Perfect, perfect. Just so we're just so we're clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I, I do like to talk about accessibility. Uh, do do you think part of this experience or this experience could be an accessible experience? Maybe uh, someone who's in a wheelchair or someone with limited mobility. So there actually have been several like truly inspiring individuals that have climbed Kilimanjaro successfully. Um, I think the most famous that I have heard about was the, uh, he's a Paralympic athlete and also a double amputee. Aaron Phipps, and and he made the climb successfully, and there has been several since him. So it's definitely possible, but I think the amount of dedication to doing that is absolutely incredible when you see that these are individuals who are starting with such a disadvantage to climb this mountain that it's really inspiring and encouraging definitely for me for climbing mountains, for running marathons, doing anything that I, I feel incredibly blessed. And I just try and take advantage of being able to climb it. But 
yes, there's absolutely the, the opportunity for others with limited mobility to be able to climb this mountain. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just curious about, um, you know, um, etiquette or culture or any additional tips that you'd offer for someone wanting to take this challenge on. So I'd say um, the the water is important. Most places, I think, in Africa, it's just safer for you to drink the the bottled water, and so it's incredibly important that you're making sure you're you're accounting for how much water. And again, the tour companies are really good about calculating all of this and making sure that they're bringing enough and they're boiling enough and that it's very clean and it's readily accessible for you to take, especially on summit morning when you're you're climbing up on the the final peak. Um, and I was actually surprised that there was a lot of toilets that were available. I thought, you know, once you left the, the bottom base camp, you're just kind of on your own for using a toilet or finding a rock to go behind. Yeah. But there's actually a lot of the, the Turkish style toilets where it was like a little privacy in it and just the, the hole in the, the, the facility. Um, oh. It was nice that there was at least a little bit of privacy and that was most of the base camps of where you're sleeping every night that they have some form of a restroom facility available, even if it was very austere. Mm-hmm. And so, so did you need to bring your own toilet paper for that? Yes, definitely bring toilet paper, hand sanitizer. Um, a lot of times in the, the evening, they would bring some of the like a hand basin with hot water in it. So you could wash your hands, wash your face, just generally clean up. Um, your feet is imp- incredibly important to keep those clean, you know, dried, cared for if there's blisters, if there's any issues caring for your feet. Um, but having that water and having the the porters and everyone on your tour assist you with that and, and keeping maintenance for your hygiene for a multi-day trek is, is very valuable and it's definitely helpful. Oh. Um, any other tips that you would offer for our listeners? So I would just encourage anyone that is considering doing this to absolutely check into it, see if it's possible. It's an incredible experience. And I think doing this kind of pushes you outside of comfort zone, especially if this is one of the larger mountains or the largest mountain that you've climbed so far, it's definitely accessible and more feasible. I think I built this up a lot in my mind and going and climbing the mountain, I realized it's definitely a possible thing to do. And like I said earlier, it has encouraged me to pursue climbing other mountains. And I think it's a, a really good introduction to mountain climbing. And if this is the only one, it's a phenomenal experience a really cool adventure going into the middle of Africa and just getting to climb Kilimanjaro is a cool, cool experience. Fantastic. My gosh, you, you're such an inspiration and, and I really hope our listeners go out and, and try this. Um, yeah, I think you just demystified it a little bit to, to hopefully get us out there on, on the mountain and, uh, and if our listeners want to follow you and your adventures, how, how do they find you? So I write a travel blog and I have Instagram. They're both under the same name. It's the Brie Adventure. And 
like it's just where I can share some photos and ideas of places I've gone and hopefully some practical and useful information um, like this conversation of just how you can actually put these trips together and make it happen. I absolutely love it. Well, I will make sure I include links to these in the show notes. You can find those on experiencesyoushouldhave.com. Well, truly, thank you so much, Bree, for, for joining today and sharing your adventure experience with us. Thank you again for having me. This was great. And I hope it's something that definitely encourages other people to, to check into it. It's a, an amazing experience and hopefully others will get to have the same one. Fantastic. Well, keep on adventuring. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Experiences You Should Have podcast. And if you are an adventure seeker, an experience seeker, please check out our other episodes. Uh, we also have another climbing episode about climbing Mount Rainier um, and lots of hiking episodes if you're into hiking, such as hiking the PCT or the Appalachian Trail or the Florida Trail or New Zealand's through hike, the Te Era Roa. So if hiking is your name, we have some hiking podcasts for you to listen to. And please hit subscribe wherever you are listening to this show. That way you can get the most updated episode as they get released. And please go check out the show notes on experiencesyoushouldhave.com. And if you love this episode and if you are listening on uh, an iPhone, click on that purple podcast app and please leave us a five-star review. Also, we are an indie podcast, so please tell your friends, share this episode. Uh, we do not have the budgets of NPR, WNYC, so Please support your fellow indie podcaster here and look forward to, to interacting with you on the web. Shoot me an email if you've got a unique experience that you'd like to share and maybe come on the show. So let's talk about it and keep on living the dream, guys.